0: Hey friends, this is a teaser of a follow-up episode I put out for patrons today with Steve Meish. If you remember our first episode, Steve has been coaching me towards my long-term goal to climb Just Do It, which at this point in the process has me focusing on improving my bouldering and trying to level up from V10 to V12 or even V13, hopefully, in the next few years. And this follow-up episode was kind of a combination of a coaching call where Steve and I discussed my summer training plan that I completed in July, uh, what we did and the reasoning behind everything and how it went and how I'm feeling now, as well as my plan for the fall and winter. And we also did a listener Q&A featuring about a dozen questions, really good questions from patrons that came up after our first episode. The full version of this episode is two hours and 45 minutes. It's one of my longest episodes to date. It was super good, and we covered a lot of ground, uh, including not only my training, but also some of Steve's favorite go-to exercises that have been staples for him over the years and which ones he continues to prioritize, especially now that he has a kid, and how he maintained climbing fitness during his most recent mountain biking season and also how he is planning to get back into climbing shape for his own trip to Waco this winter. If you enjoyed our first episode, then this follow-up is gold. I also shared links to my training plan and my calendar and my own bouldering pyramid and tick list from my trip to Rocky Mountain National Park, which is where I'm at now, still grinding away on a couple of my projects. And all of that is available right now along with the full two-hour and 45-minute episode by signing up for Patreon. It's $5 per month to sign up. You can cancel anytime if finances are tight or if you decide it's not for you. You can cancel at any time, no questions asked. And if you do stick around, you'll be helping me continue to bring you weekly episodes and you'll be supporting the show. And you'll immediately get access to two dozen follow-ups that have published so far with some of your favorite guests from the show. I hope you enjoyed this teaser with Steve Mache. And again, there's a link to Patreon right there in your podcast app if you choose to sign up. Thanks, friends. And here's Steve.
1: Hey, man. Hey, how's it going? Good, how are you? Oh, pretty good found your dongle (laughs) found my dongle fucking things man (laughs) i know like yeah so the the it it's a work computer and the it guy at uh at school is always like oh i've got this new thing it's going to make your life so much better and so i get this new dongle thing (laughs) and i can't plug my internet cord directly into it like i could with my old one so i have to get an additional thing that plugs into the additional cord to plug into the dongle. So now I've got three <laughs> things sticking off the side of my computer just so I can get, cause my internet, like my Wi-Fi, is reasonably good, but I've noticed with like zoom calls, sometimes it gets a little fuzzy. Okay. So I plug directly in and it just seems to work better. But yeah. And That's every true. time I see the guy, he's like, Oh, how's that new thing working? And I'm like, God. <laughs> it'd be like <laughs> awful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know, I,
0: we, he, I just texted you back like, thanks Apple. It's just, you oh, know, great. in the name of simplicity, they've made it so that we all have like 10 different add-ons that we have to plug into the side of our computer. Like I only have two USB-C ports in the side of my computer. It's yeah. never enough. It's also how I charge the computer. And yeah, uh, yeah it's just it's just never enough. Yeah. So like right really now cool. I I can't charge and be on my hotspot and be talking oh, to you. Oh, right, so... yeah. <laughs> So, we'll just go until my computer dies, and then it's all over. <coughs> it's good to see you, man.
1: Good to see you. Where are you now? Are you Colorado still?
0: Yeah, I'm in Estes Park. I'm doing another uh, parking lot podcast episode. Nice. I found, yeah, I've got a good system. I'm actually having one of those days where I feel like, man, things are things are working out for me. Nice. Like I, I woke up. I've been sleeping in this dirt lot just right outside of town. And I woke up and I was out of coffee. I slept in because we've been doing these really late night climbing sessions and you and I are talking at 10 AM. So I woke up like an hour ago and I was like, Oh, I'm out of coffee. And this coffee truck parked right next to me and was <laughs> <laughs> was selling coffee. And so I walked over there right. and got a coffee and a burrito. And then i met this, uh, recreation center here in Estes. And, you know, like I Pull in i found a nice quiet spot i've got really good uh hot spot connection here and walked in the bathroom like had just been cleaned it's immaculate i'm like wow things are <laughs> things are going my way this, this is, is a good, good. day
1: this is fortuitous. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's the little things when you live in a van man oh yeah for sure but yeah this is my first trip here and i love it here i really like the climbing a lot it's really yeah. fun Estes yeah, isn't chaotic, but um, but the climbing's been awesome, yeah.
1: Yeah, Estes is nuts. That place, yeah. But yeah, I mean, have you been going to Rocky mostly?
0: Yeah, almost, almost exclusively. I've been probably uh, five-ish sessions in Upper, and then okay. three sessions at Emerald. I was just at Emerald last night. One day at Lower, and then I've done a couple sessions on the Veritas Boulder. Oh just nice just like roadside. Yeah. yeah. It's a little warm for that still, but um I tried it one day when everything else was raining up in the park and I'm really psyched on, on Veritas sit. So
1: Oh nice. Yeah. That's a cool boulder. It's yeah, really Veritas cool. Yeah.
0: yeah. I I realized trying that. I'm like, this is my superpower, man. It's like good hold, <laughs> super shouldery, lots of tension. Oh nice. That's okay. that's the thing. Yeah. I just gotta be able to use
1: those shoulders, you know? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> That's good. Now you gotta go around the world and find all the off the, the shoulder problems, players, just like that. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, how you been? Been pretty good. Yeah, I started up with school again uh, this week in person. See how in long person? that lasts. Yeah, nice. So I have one class that's all online, but then the other two are in person. How does that feel? Yeah, it's not awesome. Oh, really? Yeah like eh, you know yeah it's uh you nicer know, people wore masks more often and you know it's just it's like they're yeah and one of the guys in the class he's like yeah I've got this computer science class with 350 people in it and I'm like oh my god that's gonna like, how long is that gonna last yeah wow yeah you know Does it feels stressful for you it's. I don't really mind. I mean, I'm double vaccinated and all that, and I wear a KN95 mask, so I'm not too worried about it. But okay. it's just the, and being. I think being up front is a little bit better. I mean, I'd feel. I'd feel a little bit more sketched if I was like sitting in the middle, of one shoulder of to shoulder, something like that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, but yeah, we'll see. I kind of don't think we'll make it through the semester. They'll probably. Mm. End up shutting it down, but we'll see. But then that sucks because then it's Zoom and it's like, oh, it's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, to- totally.
0: It's man, it's just another great experiment, isn't it? <laughs> yeah,
1: it is. It's, it's wow. ridiculous. Hmm. Yeah. So so that's that's okay. It's not normally in the fall. I teach three classes, lecture for three classes, and I'm realizing that only doing two is a lot easier <laughs> 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 obviously nice but uh, I'm a little more fresh and a little bit less burnt out I, I was online all summer so that's so normally I hit the fall and it's like I've been teaching three classes all summer and then I'm three classes in the fall all lecture and I'm I get burnt out in like a week or so mm. and kind of struggle through the fall but this year it's like no it's not so bad
0: Gotcha. And you've been, you've been hitting the mountain bike pretty hard or the bike, road bike, mountain bike, Yeah, uh, mountain bike and gravel bike. Yeah. Okay.
1: Nice. Yeah. That's what I've been doing. I try <clears> to. <throat> last year. I didn't do it. I didn't do anything last year, but like most years I try to sign up for a race and get fit for the race. And then usually I'm so over it by the time I get fit enough to actually do the race that I don't step on the bike again until like the following May. <laughs> <laughs> so that's sort of what, This year was kind of like that, but I had a few, I did a few new ones. I did a gravel race down in Beaver, Utah. Um, It was like 100 degrees and pretty miserable. Um, That was pretty rough. And then I was just up in Idaho a couple weeks ago and did another one. That was a mountain bike race. Um, That one was a little bit better. A little smoky, but you know, what's riding a bike for 100 miles in a smoke really gonna how how bad could that be (laughs) (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) maybe maybe it took a week off your life or something yeah probably we'll we'll never (laughs) know we'll never
1: know yeah (laughs) and then yeah then i was in connecticut visiting my mom so i got that out of the way and now i'm actually psyched for getting fit for climbing for the fall
0: wow yep <laughs> nice yeah you're all you're healthy again everything's feeling healthy good healthy again
1: everything's feeling good sweet um yeah hopefully seems like my schedule is pretty set this fall so I should have pretty good time out and uh yeah and then yeah hopefully make it to Waco in the winter and awesome There's always Fran- France is still I'm I'm wondering about that how that's gonna all pan out but mm you know, we'll see. That wouldn't be until springtime. So you said you're excited to get back in
0: shape when you're in like mountain biking mode. I mean, I I know you've also had some injuries, but when you're switching things up, are you always trying to do at least some maintenance? Are you like climbing Mm -hmm. on the board or hangboarding at all? Anything like that? Yeah.
1: So what I've realized over the years is, is hangboarding is the best one to mix with something like biking because you know like when i'm biking for these training for these races it's like you know i'm going on like 40 50 mile mountain bike rides and it just like destroys me like i just can't do anything so i try to climb on the board and i can't climb on the board for shit um and it just it's like it just slows everything down like everything becomes slow motion because you're just so used to repetitive, really low intensity, long duration stuff. And yeah. I feel like my whole, all my muscles just like sl- turn to like slow twitch. And I just become this like really slow moving <laughs> tortoise, like beast. And then I get on the board and it's like, I can't even muster the energy to like pull off the ground. But, and I've tried lifting weights during it. And that just ends up screwing up my weightlifting and then screwing up my biking and it doesn't work. But I found that hangboarding is totally doable. Like I can do proper hangboard workouts and proper bike workouts. So that's usually what I try to do. Okay. And then in August, that was when my last beginning of August, my last race. So I knew I was going to Connecticut for a little while. So then I just kind of took a couple of weeks off of climbing stuff to let everything sort of settle in. And that gets me psyched to kind of jump into it full strength mm. in the fall. Okay, And it usually takes me a little while. Like I'm definitely, my fingers feel okay from the hangboarding, but I'm just, I don't have the snappiness or the, the pull power at the moment. So that usually takes a few weeks for that to, to come around.
0: Yeah. I've, I've got two questions I want to dig into. First is, as far as the hangboarding goes, when you're in a maintenance, like a long duration kind of maintaining phase like that. What have you found works best? What is a go-to protocol or, or do you try to mix it up? How does that play
1: out? I try to mix it up. And actually okay. kind of intentionally. Like I try to I just kind of go into the garage and like kind of what do I feel like doing today? <laughs> so some days it's like, you know, I got these little lattice mini strips on there. Um and some days it's like, oh, I'm going to see if I can hang from the the six mil and just like do that for a little while. And then I'm like, Oh, I'll do pinch blocks today. And then, and I just kind of mix it up. And since I'm doing like it's maintenance and it's like three hangboard workouts a week, kind of, um, I think it's good to mix it up like that. I mean, it would probably, if I really was trying to like focus on gaining one, like actually gain making pretty good gains on the hangboard, I would do like three weeks of one protocol, Then like three weeks of another protocol, then like three weeks of another protocol would probably be the best, would be the best way to do it. But yeah, I usually kind of just take it as sort of a, it's like fun on the (laughs) hangboard as much as that can, as much as that can actually be the case. Um, And yeah, just trying stuff. It's like, oh, I'm going to see if I can, I generally, I don't really try to do the one arm things just because the biking really tires out your, your lats and like your hair is major and like your the back of your shoulders, it's weird and your triceps, and I feel really loose, unstable on my shoulder, so I stick with two arm things. Um, but yeah, I just kind of do whatever.
0: It's interesting. I mean, when I think of bikers, when I think of bikers who especially do distance events, you know, it's like the exact opposite morphology of a climber it's like the bottoms you know the the legs are really strong the top half is emaciated and then like climbers try to do the exact opposite so yeah how does that play out do you do you (laughs) let some of your upper body go and (laughs) no well no
1: thankfully i I don't do it enough that i really lose lose anything on the upper body nor do i really gain and my legs just i just have skinny legs and they just stay skinny basically what happens is I just as I go, I they store more glycogen. So the more fit I get, my leg I get heavier. I gain a couple of pounds, but it's almost all water weight. Mm. So like at the end of the season, in like two weeks, I'm back to back to my, where you were, back to where I was. Yeah. Okay. And it's and that's another thing that feels kind of funny on the board. It's like I have like five pounds of extra weight all of a sudden in my legs, and like yeah. oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's that's not good yeah <laughs> my hips are all tight and it's just yeah it just becomes a not good to try to do
0: with uh with the hangboarding and just the kind of go with the flow approach i mean there's there's like the different types of holds that you focus on are you also doing like some days you just feel like doing repeaters and other days you're doing more maximal strength stuff
1: yeah that's mostly what i do so i'll, I'll have like my kind of my go-to workouts or like So taking the one arm stuff out, just, well, actually I'll, sometimes I'll do the tension block edge pull. So I have like kind of a couple of different ones. I've got the tension block edge pulls. And for that, I work up to just a heavy single and that's just pulling it off the ground and putting it back down. And then I'll do like five sets of two to three reps with a little bit less weight. Um, that's one workout. And if I feel like doing that one day, I'll do that. Um, another one would be like a you know, a classic seven, three repeater workout on an edge, or seven, three repeater on I had this like pinch hangboard thing that I made. Um <laughs> so I'll do that. Uh or a six ten. I really like the six ten by five. Like that's kind of mm. for me, that's my go-to strength workout six seconds on 10 off five reps six on yeah five reps okay. and for that i th- work up to a heavy five reps like the heaviest i can do and then back off a couple of you know back off around 90 percent 85 90 percent of that and then okay. do sets on that one um sometimes just 10 second max hangs and you know sometimes i'll just be like oh i wonder how much i can hang today <laughs> Like Mm -hmm. that's kind of the cool thing with the tension block pulls. It's like just slowly work up and see how much I can actually pull with those things.
0: So for that, you're like one hand deadlifting just the 20 mil edge on
1: the tension block. Yeah. Yeah. So it's just one hand deadlift, just like, you know, yeah. Not even really holding it, kind of holding it a little bit at the top to sort of establish it, but not even like two seconds, like just like pull it up and then kind of back down. Yeah. So it's, so what I actually really like about that is it's that pulling off the ground where it really hits, like it's that initial recruitment where you're kind of like, okay, it's sort of you all of a sudden have to really fire, and I like to do reps with that. So then you get a couple of them. So it's almost like I, when I put the weight back down, I kind of reset and then pull it back up so that I mm-hmm. relax my muscles and then have to tense up again and pull it up. And sometimes i'll do like five reps of that um i've tried doing like drop sets with that um which like do like 10 reps at some weight and then just keep taking off 10 pounds hmm. um, until i can't do it anymore but that is just brutal on on your back <laughs> you end up oh. doing like you know, I ended up doing like, I think like 50 deadlifts on one arm and then 50 on the other. And I was just like cramping off and just super tired and just like, oh, this, this is no fun. Um, yeah. And then, oh, another one I started doing a little bit, which is a, a hangboard Tabata, which is 20 seconds on 10 seconds off for eight reps on the okay. edge. And that one, I don't know if it worked, but uh, it makes you tired. um yeah so i'm really trying yeah like i was trying to i think we talked about last time the the oxygen use the aerobic capacity for high intensity exercise like in your forms um and i've been really trying to note i I noticed that you know when i did my test with tyler nelson um i there's a lot of extra oxygen in my forms that i could be accessing and i don't so i'm Mm. trying to figure out hangboard protocols to be able to dip into that oxygen a little bit more that oxygen capacity
0: i'm glad you mentioned that because i i actually saw your chart he was oh yeah i was hanging out with tyler maybe a month ago or three weeks ago Mm -hmm. in salt lake briefly and um it's funny I, i met him like two days after his episode came out and we had recorded it six weeks before, which was kind of funny. But yeah, he was showing me that stuff and it's so interesting. And he showed me your graph and then um, someone who was on the other side of the spectrum, I think, from you. But I'm a little fa- uh, hazy on my recollection. Can you describe
1: the test and and yeah. what he was doing? Yeah. yeah, I don't know who he showed. He, he might have, yeah. I think he might have shown you Palmer's thing. Um, yeah, 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 I think you're right. like, yeah, we were like totally opposite right. um, and Paul's a, a really good sport climber. a really fit and good. Sport climber. Um, but, uh, yeah, so the test is you do a maximum pull one arm on the tension block, but he's got it set up with a crane scale, a fancy okay. crane scale. So you just basically, you pull down and whatever the, the most weight you can pull there, that's your maximum on one arm. And you combine those two and then for that's your theoretical one rep max basically. And then you take 70% of that and then figure out what that weight is for you. And then you hang from an edge as long as you can rest a minute, hang from the edge as long as you can rest a minute, hang from the edge as long as you can. You keep doing that for a bunch of sets and you have this, O2 sensor thing attached to your forearm that somehow I forget exactly how it works. um, but it's able to measure the, uh, rate of oxygen use in your forearms. So you can kind of see that's how that's the dip in the graph. Like you can see oxygen being used and then you'll hit the bottom and then go for a little distance at the bottom. And then when you let go, when you fall off the hangboard, um, it starts to replenish your oxygen. Mm. So that's the, the upward swing of that dip. And, you know, so for example, I think I did like 175 ish on the, on the poles on each arm. And so like 350 or something like that was my total. And then it takes 70% of that. It ended up being like, I was hanging up like 72 pounds, um, from me. And then you're hanging on the tension board on the 20 mil, which the interesting thing for me was that like, that's a lot of weight. Um, it's a hard, you know, it's a hard move. It's like a high intensity move yeah. like, and how aerobic that high intensity level is. Like, I would always think that that mm. would be, you know, at that level, it's like purely, you know, most anaerobic and most likely alactic. lactic, like, you know, it's, um, but the fact that you're using so much of your aerobic capacity to hang that much weight, I found really interesting. So it would be like, you know, and my issue was that I would, I would, I would hit that flat line at the bottom and I could hang for a few more seconds. Um, but I wasn't near, I didn't use up all my oxygen in in my form. They still had like 30% of capacity in my form. Mm. So my thinking about, whereas a lot of people like a sport climber who's really fit, can pull that all the way down to zero. They basically use up all of the oxygen in their forearms. Um, and then boulderers are a little bit more, um, meaning they, they don't quite take it all the way down to zero. It would be like, you know, more in the teens. Um, but I was like really high. So what that meant to me was that if I could somehow figure out a way to access that extra aerobic capacity at that high level that would give me another 10 to 15 seconds of high intensity capability so like that's the top of boulder problem you know like Mm. you know boulder problems as you know they don't you're not doing them outside they're usually not like 15 second long affairs you know you're talking 30 to 40 minutes 40 seconds right and you know, if you can keep that high, that 70% level for an extra five seconds, it might be the difference between topping the problem out and, you know, falling off and move up high. Yeah. So that was my idea with trying to train that. And I thought the Tabatas might be good for that.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: (laughs) So with the 72
0: pounds added doing this 70% hang, to failure, h- roughly how long was it taking you to get to failure? And then you're resting for a minute?
1: I think my first round was like 40 something seconds.
0: Oh um, wow. Yeah. That sounds
1: then, miserable, dude. <laughs> well, that was the weird thing <laughs> That's about brutal. it. brutal. I, I wasn't even getting pumped. I just like, would just fall off. Like I wasn't, it was, I'd been bouldering a bunch. So I'd been, I hadn't been doing any sport climbing. It had been all bouldering season. I'd been hangboarding and bouldering. Um, so yeah, the first round was like 40 something seconds, I think. And then the next one was like 30 something. And then I ended up doing like 15 rounds or something like that. And what happens is you you kind of hit this lower level where uh this minimum level, let's say, where it can basically go on forever, you know, like you could, which mine was around 20 seconds. Um, and you can just kind of keep going. I think I did like you know six or seven rounds of in the 22nd range um near the end there Mm. but i like so and my profile is you know i kind of i have a pretty good first one pretty good second one and then i just like fall off the cliff so Mm. it's you know so like the first was like 40 something second one was 30 something third one was probably like maybe high 20s and then fourth fifth sixth seventh eighth ninth tenth eleven twelfth was all like Right around 20, I think. Somewhere okay. in the upper teens, lower 20s.
0: This is ringing a bell, yeah. So then looking at yours compared to Palmer's, his all of his reps looked way more similar all the way through like 10 reps or something. Is
1: that right? Yeah, so Palmer, two things. One, um, his reps were similar. He He was able to go longer at a pretty high amount of time. So he would... I forget. I think our first reps were probably first time was probably pretty close to one another. Um, But then he was able to maintain that high time, that long hang time. Pretty much for way more sets than I was able to Mm. Um, or way more reps, I guess it would be in this case than I was able to. And then also he would he was able to go deeper into his oxygen capacity or his aerobic Mm. capacity. So he was able to go all the way to zero. Whereas I was stopping at like 30%. So the time it takes to deplete that last 30%, he was using that, which enabled him to hang longer on all of those subsequent rounds. So you can replenish your oxygen system pretty quickly. Like it goes back up to baseline in, well, that was another thing that Paul was better at. But like most people, it goes back up to baseline within like a minute. So you, oh, your oxygen levels go right back up to where they started from. So if you, you know, theoretically, if you were using this oxygen capacity and getting full recovery, all of your sets would be the same time. And you could just keep, cause you can keep replenishing that, that O2, whereas you can't replenish glycogen. You can't replenish creatine. You can't replenish those, um, forever. Um, so, Palmer was one able to keep, so he was able to keep that longer for, he was able to go longer because he was able to use more. Wait, let me rephrase it. He's able to go longer for more reps because he could use more oxygen in his forearms Mm -hmm. and his recovery was really quick. So within like something like 15, 20 seconds, he was fully recovered from each. Wow. And uh, so that's more like, like you hit a rest And you can get it all back in fifteen seconds, Mm. you know. So for me, it would be like I hit a rest, and I can get it all back in like a minute or something like that. Mm -hmm. And I was more comparable with a lot of other boulderers in the in the data set. Yeah, you know, at around kind of the same level.
0: So I wonder. I mean, there's. It seems like there's two different interpretation, two different ways you could interpret the outcome there, or what what you guys would need to do. And one is that you obviously have room for improvement in your aerobic capacity to be able to utilize that, you know, 30% of oxygen that's remaining that you're not tapping into. But then I wonder on the other side of the coin, are you just recruiting higher, you know? So like maybe his 70% is closer to his aerobic range, you know, like maybe he's just, his limit isn't as strong because he doesn't spend as much
1: time doing the strength and power stuff as you do. That could be the case. And that's sort of, you know, that's where I would, I would definitely, I think that could be the case, but, and that's where the high intensity, the fact that it was 70 pounds, um, or 70%, even for polymer, I think his was up there like that too. Uh, it's at such a high level that you know, that's probably about what I'm exerting on most boulder problems. You know, it's, mm. it's rarely dipping into that 80 and 90%. So even if I'm my maximum strength is higher than his, I don't even really need that upper bit. If I can train at 70% to get that to go a little bit longer, then that seems like it would be more beneficial for me. Whereas I would say for him, maybe it's training his maximum level. And mm-hmm. then it'll take him even longer, at that seventy percent, to get to hit zero. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fascinating,
0: man. <laughs> I, yeah, I think I'm. I think I'm going to do a gnarly geek out with Tyler about all this stuff too. Because yeah, yeah, you it sounds like he he learned some interesting
1: stuff from the most recent clinic that he did. Oh, nice. <clears throat> um, yeah, I, yeah, it's a lot. of, I mean, I think the takeaway for me was that even high intensity activities like bouldering is highly aerobic, but mm. it's, or, but it's not aerobic in the way I've, we've always kind of thought about with climbing, which is like, Oh, you want to train your aerobic capacity, go do 20 minute laps on the wall. I don't think that really translates to this form. I think it'd be more appropriately called like aerobic power, which Is sort of like intervals on the moon board is kind of where I'm trying to, I think, would be, or on a board, any sort of board, Mm. um, would be a good way to, for the boulderer to train their aerobic system. Mm. And even the sport climber.
0: Got it. Is that, do you, one of the things I want to talk with you about today is my summer program and kind of break it down and why we did each of the things and how it went and all that. do you feel like those anaerobic capacity intervals I was doing are they are they similar to that? Do they fall yeah. in that same Yeah. Cuz I I've been I haven't really sport climbed much yet. So I, it remains to be seen, you know, just how much of that fitness translates over, but I have been very pleasantly surprised with my endurance actually after those 6 weeks of training and I feel like bouldering like any time I hit a good hold you know if it's like towards the end of the boulder problem and there's like a decent hold before you do the tr- tricky top out or whatever I hit that hold and I'm like chilling I'm like yeah. oh sweet I'm good and I, I'm totally safe like there's no chance I'm gonna melt off the the good hold which is kind of profound like that's kind of a newer thing for me because that wasn't always the case I, I used to kind of have like a you know like a ticking clock <laughs> as soon as I pulled onto the boulder problem it was yeah. like doesn't doesn't matter how good the holds are you got to get to the top before a certain amount of time so yeah that's it's interesting
1: yeah so i think yeah i think that that was the idea behind those those intervals and the idea it's it kind of comes from this sprint uh interval training stuff where you the research where people would like run you run as fast as you can for like three seconds And then walk back to the start resting about 30 seconds and run as fast as you can for three seconds, walk back to the start, et cetera. And you do that for 10 rounds or something along those lines. And they found that, you know, people's times didn't go down. Like they basically, well, their distance, like within three seconds, they could get to the same, the same distance. Um, Which before that, it was sort of the idea like, well, that's such a high intensity level. That's going to be all creatine the creatine phosphate system. So you should burn that out within a couple of rounds of that and have to wait like 10 minutes to 24 hours before that all replenishes. But since you could do multiple rounds of those three second sprints at the same level, it sort of tipped over sort of, uh, people started thinking, well, what's regenerating that creatine in the muscles. And it turns out to be the aerobic system. So then when you carry that over to the stuff Tyler was doing, that's sort of more examples of the same thing where the aerobic system is playing this big role. So then it's like, how do you train that aerobic system for climbing in what I would say would be the right way. And I think those intervals, really short intervals with short rest times where you don't even get pumped. It's, you know, it's an alactic lactic capacity uh, workout. And I think that, will carry over to sport climbing as well as to bouldering. And it's a different type. Like, you know, like when you do those, you don't really get pumped. You're not getting pumped. Right. You're just, you're falling off. The moves are just, you're like powering out. You're powering out. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's what, I think you still like when you go back to sport climbing, you'll still have an issue. Like that sort of fighting the pump at the top of the route, like being able Mm. to like work, you know, plow your way through it like that. I bet you probably don't have that fitness Mm -hmm. going into it. Um, that's probably going to take a little bit of sport climbing to get that. Um, but the other part of that is like that first bit where you're trying to get, you know, you're doing all the hard moves. I bet your fitness is actually quite good for that. And it can go for quite a while.
0: Yeah. I, I think you're right. I think you're right. And I, what I'm curious about is at least how I feel so far, just in some of the boulders like I've done a couple pretty long boulders up here, you know twenty moves things like that yeah, and I just I feel like I can any like I said anytime I hit a good hold, I'm kind of chilling on it, you know whether it's in the middle and I can stop and chalk out where people normally don't or I get to the top and i can I'm just relaxed and i I feel like my aerobic recovery on the wall like you know what I would think I would have to do some arcing to, to improve. I feel like that's actually pretty good right now, but again, remains to be seen (laughs) once I tie back in and, and all that. But, um, yeah, but but I I think
1: that, yeah, yeah. I think that's those intervals on the board are a a way to accomplish a similar thing to arcing, but because you're doing it at a higher (laughs) intensity level, I think it becomes more applicable to, long boulder problems and short sport routes. Mm.
0: Yeah. It's a hell of a lot more fun than arcing too. So (laughs) it's got, (laughs) it's got that going for it. Uh, I think what I'll do is I will describe my summer program, um, the three different workouts that we focused on and kind of how that fit together. And then we can, we can talk about, um, why, why we did that. Why, why you thought that combination was good and we can kind of focus on that and I'll just share kind of my experience with it and how I'm feeling now. Uh, we can do that. And then I think part of this conversation is going to be a QA. and uh, I've got quite a few questions oh, about okay, our last cool. conversation and people wanting clarification. And then finally, I, I, I want to come back to a question I had uh, 20 minutes ago, which before we started talking about hangboarding, I was also curious, you know, given how much thought you put into like how you structure these different workouts and stuff. I'm curious to hear how you think about ramping back up to fitness after a time of mountain biking and being away from hard climbing and um, how you're planning on building back up and then training for your Waco trip over the winter. So, Okay, yeah. Yeah, that's kind of all the stuff I have in mind. But uh, for the program I did this summer, and again, for people listening, I think I will do the same thing I did last time, which is just upload PDFs of the program written out and then of my calendar. Um, so people can, can look, you know, look at it and read my notes and stuff if they want to. But essentially it was like a six week bouldering on the spray wall at the gym. I was back in Wenatchee and there's a, a decent gym there. Um, the commercial bouldering in the gym is not totally awesome it's not optimal and they have a really nice spray wall luckily and also it it turned out to be like the hottest month ever um in Wenatchee that I've ever seen I think we hit 117 degrees uh one day and it was like above 100 for a week straight or something but The training room where the spray wall was was air conditioned, and the main gym was like 85 or 90 degrees. So the the boulder triples were kind of heinous because I was doing them in there. Oh man, yeah, almost passed out one day. But, (laughs) (laughs) but anyway, so uh, we basically did three different workouts, more or less just rotating through them uh, throughout the six week cycle. And it was either three or four climbing days per week because I was also mixing in a few days in Leavenworth. And I was hoping to have better temps. I've had some some uh, months of June in the past that were actually pretty decent for climbing. And this one just happened to be really hot. But um, but I was trying a specific climb. I was trying a V11 called the Practitioner, which is like a cool compression roof climb. Hey, friends. I hope you enjoyed that teaser. If that cliffhanger left you dying to hear the rest of the episode, you can go finish it right now. There's a link right there in your podcast app that'll take you to Patreon. Once again, it's $5 per month to sign up and you can cancel at any time. No questions asked. Uh, Obviously, I would love your continued support if you do sign up. And Patreon really is what is keeping the Nugget Climbing podcast going. By signing up, you will get instant access to the full two-hour and 45-minute version of this follow-up with Steve Meish, along with links to my training plan and calendar and notes that we talked about from my summer training plan. And you will also get exclusive access to more than 20 other follow-ups that have published so far, with more coming all the time. And I've got some really good ones lined up that you won't want to miss. So check it out. Again, there's a link to Patreon right there in your podcast app if you scroll down. Or you can go to the podcast website at thenuggetclimbing.com and find your way to it from there. I appreciate you, friends. Thanks again for listening. And we'll see you next time.